At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh. Check it out now. It is Thursday, January 6th, 2022. Happy New Year, everybody. And for the first time ever, week 18 of the NFL, it is the Beating the Book Megapod. Gil Alexander out today. I am Mike Palm, Vice President of Operations for Circa and host of Odds On with Amal Shaw on VEASAN. Monday through Friday, 2 o'clock in the East, 11 a.m., in the West. Joining me, regular panelist Todd Wishnev. Good morning, Todd. Good morning, Mr. Mikey. Thank you. And first-time guest, long-time listener to the Megapod, Mr. Frank Schwab is our guest this week. Frank is the senior NFL writer for Yahoo Sports, their betting analyst, a regular guest on uh, on Odds On and the Nuts, and, and from time to time on uh, a numbers game with Gil, and one-time NFL MVP voter. Good morning, Frank. <laughs> yeah, I got it in that once. Hey, happy to be here. I've listened to uh, all the best to Gil. I've listened to his show for years, and it is an honor to be on here with you guys and chop it up for weekend. Okay. Tell that story. What, how how are you one time an MVP voter and no longer an MVP? That's interesting. And this was, a, I, I mean, it was, I, I can't even say it was back when I had hair because that, that, that would be like 30 years ago. But I, yeah, I got a shot one time in 2009. Uh, voted for Drew Brees. He was the right call for MVP. Peyton Manning won it instead. I'll, I'll die to the grave saying I made the right vote there. I got one shot because uh, one of the it, it was a long story. One of the voters couldn't do it because their paper didn't allow it. But my paper was like, sure, go for it. It was pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome to be part of that panel. Do you think, before we get into the format of the show, do you think, Frank, that Hub Arkish will have his voting rights revoked after this year? I do. I, I honestly do. I don't know Hub that well. I've met him a couple times, but it's just one of those things. You can't come out and say, I dislike this guy and I'm not going to vote for him for MVP because of it. You just can't. Like, it's, it's, that's not, that's not the spirit of MVP. It's not anything that MVP should be about. So, well, you know, the, the, maybe there was a discussion somewhere in there about, hey, Aaron Rodgers let his team down by missing a game and blah, blah, blah. You can't come out and say he's the biggest jerk in the NFL, and I won't vote. Like you just can't. It, it, it. So yeah, I think the I think the panel there at, at the Associated Press is going to have to look really, really hard at that. I also find it incredulous that Aaron Rodgers has never heard of Hub Arkish, though. <laughs> yeah, right. Like he, Aaron Rodgers has rabbit ears, man. He hears everything. He knows everybody. Like yeah, he's he's definitely. But he's an absolute bum, I guess. What a, what a great like old school like <laughs> insult to a guy. You're a bum. Oh, wow. He's playing for the 55 Brooklyn Dodgers. Like, it's great. So as we normally do, we start the show off with some survivor talk. We're it. Here it is. The last week of the year started out with close to 4,100 entrants, and we are down to five. The All five advanced from last week. Three of the five are eligible for the million-dollar bonus because they still have one of last year's two Super Bowl teams available. Two of the entries have Kansas City available. One entry has Tampa Bay available. Now, should they, the three of them, use it, and it's a great likelihood they'll all use those picks, and Kansas City and Tampa Bay win, let's just say all five win, they would split the six million five ways, 1.2 million each, and then those three would split the bonus. They'd each get 333,000. So the person sitting there with, uh, I think, a scheduling advantage in Survivor are those that have Kansas City available since it's the first game on Saturday. 
if they win with Kansas City, the worst they can do is win $1.53 million. And I think on Sunday, they could then take the other three selections, let's say it's Tampa Bay, Tennessee, and Washington football team, and make a three-team money line parlay and hope to lose. Because if one of them loses, you're, you, the worst you did is just go, from, uh, go up from 1.2 to 1.5 million. Thoughts on that, Todd? Oh, I thought you were you were asking uh, Frank. I I think uh, obviously that that seems to be the uh, the way to go. How much can they win? What's the ratio on the uh, three team money line parlay? Well, we'd have to we'd have to see what it what it would be. I mean, right now, uh, here's what I'm assuming. I'm assuming those three use they use Kansas City, who's who's a ten point favorite, ten and a half point favorite, and Tampa Bay, who's this eight point favorite, was a sixteen point favorite on the look ahead. One of the two other Syracuse Hawkeyes has the Titans available. They're also a 10.5-point favorite uh, on the road against the Texans. And then the other entry, Chris Piper, he doesn't have much left. The biggest favorite he has left is the Woofties, the football team, um, who, are, who are laying six, six and a half at the Giants. So if those were the picks and the guys that took Kansas City uh, parlayed on the money line, uh, Tampa Bay, Tennessee, and Washington. I'm looking right now at the uh, odds. Washington's about 260. The Titans are around um, five dollars, and the Buccaneers about 350. So you're looking at a three-team money line parlay that you could put probably it probably two to one, maybe. Yeah, sounds it, about right. Yeah, maybe a little less than that. We, we can do the math here, but you could do that, or you could bet the games individually. The thing is, all of the games go early, right? So they're all, uh, I think so. Oh, no, the Bucks is a 125 game. So you could wait with that, a 425 on the East. You could wait. You could do a two-team money line parlay on the first game, see where you're at, and then decide what you want to do uh, on the Bucks. But what a great position to be in for all these folks. Um, obviously, four of them advanced with Green Bay on Christmas Day and one advanced with Tennessee on the Thursday before. That's how all of them got here as we whittled it down uh, in that group from uh, 16 to 9 and then from from nine to five. Todd, you want to update everybody on uh, the performance last week and where we stand with the records? Sure, absolutely. The huge week by Mikey, Mr. Uh, Michael Palm, going three and zero. A very, very solid week. Over fifty-one in Cincinnati. The Chargers was was a no doubter, and the Bears, which was a no doubter. So you basically had three no doubter wins. Uh, you also won your teaser to go to. You're 24, 26, and 1 on the regular spread and 9, 7, and 1 on the uh, teaser. Gil keeps the lead because he went uh, 20, he went 2 and 1 against uh, the spread last week to go to 26 and 25. He had the Bengals, Tennessee, and almost got there with the Woofties. They, they, uh, he had plus 3.5, they lost by 4. Uh, he lost his teaser, though. He is now 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one on the teaser. It looks like I have the teaser championship locked up. I went 2-1 and one last week also. Uh, Jags in New England was the only one that didn't get there for me. Unfortunately, uh, I, I knew the Jags weren't going to score more than 7-10 to 10 points. Unfortunately, the Patriots rolled up the score like they did against the Browns, and that was the one thing I was concerned about. And, of course, the Patriots did it again. So I went 2-1 and one to go to 21-30. and 30. I am 11-6 and six on teasers. Because uh, I won my teaser pretty easily with uh, Green Bay and the Chargers. So that's where we are. You could still catch Gil. I got all of Gil's picks here. You could still catch Gil, especially because we're going through the playoffs. You're only uh, one game back in the loss column. Yeah, uh, one and a half overall. And the guest, Will Hill, had Bengals winner, Tennessee winner, Steelers winner, and Chargers uh, and Seattle. Seattle. So he went 4-0 yeah. as well. So a great week for yes. Will Hill, who does that uh, New York City podcast on VEASAN and is a regular on the Lombardi line. Okay, Frank, the format, our three best bets against the spread. You can take a side or a total. It's based on the consensus number right now. Then a two-point, two-team six-point teaser. And then we'll ask a couple of, of questions to end the show off. You're the guest, so you have the honors this week, Frank. You know, I, I'm going to start off with I, all, all three of my picks are going to be about the same point spread range, and all of them are underdogs because I, I like the underdogs in this final week because we lines get inflated because we hear all the time of, oh, this team has nothing to play for. Well, that's garbage most of the time. They're out of playoff contention, but there's something to play for. And my first pick is the Atlanta Falcons, a four and a half. Look, we all know by now this is one of the great NFL rivalries. It's underrated, maybe not even underrated anymore. 
Falcons Saints is a huge deal to those teams. And I think the Falcons, like a couple other teams I like this, are going to want to knock the Saints out of playoff contention. We all know their scenario. The Saints win. The 49ers lose. The Saints are in. And I think that that is pushes line up a little bit. I don't trust the Saints offense to score a lot. Look, I was watching that Panthers game last week, and I'm like, oh, wow, it's still, you know, 10-9 Panthers. And now it's 12-10 Saints. They just can't pull away from anybody. This is not a team that's going to put up a lot of points. I don't think the Falcons are a good team by any means. But I think that this is their Super Bowl. They put everything into this game. We see we year after year, final week of the season, teams come out. And even if they're not in playoff contention, they're saying, we got one game left and we can go golfing on Monday. Let's put it all on the line here. Let's play hard. We see underdogs do pretty well. If, if they've been in game for the season, they play pretty well. Don't take the Giants at all. But if a team like the Falcons, who has played hard, they did play hard at, at Buffalo last week. I think that the Falcons give them all they can handle. I think they even have a shot to win here. And give me four and a half home with them. I think they're going to be fired up. Falcons. Plus four and a half is my first uh, best bet here. Todd, can you? I couldn't agree. Todd, can I, I couldn't agree any more with Frank, brother. I have that. I have that circled as my number four one. But I and I think he's saying something that we should warn everybody. Um, in the last two years, I think I just saw on Twitter, teams that need to win in the last two weeks versus teams that have nothing to play for. The teams that have nothing to play for are 63% against the spread, something right. to that something to that range. So um, if you're a novice at uh, sports gambling and you think you're going to win because you're going to take the team that has to win, be very careful. That is not a good strategy. Todd, can you read Gil's first pick and then give your own? Yes. Gill's first pick is the 49ers plus four and a half. It was another one that I kind of liked. I'm going to assume he's uh, banking on the fact the Niners have really dominated the Rams uh, in the last couple of meetings. I think they've won the last five or six straight. Um, I kind of agree with that pick, too. I, I like the Niners, especially if Jimmy G is going to play. Jimmy G always scares me, but I am not. Uh, a fan of the uh, the Rams. I think the Rams are shaky. Look at last week. They barely squeaked by. They're just not. Matt Stafford, you know, he is a tremendous talent, but he is not a guy you feel comfortable with when you absolutely need it. And that's my feeling. And that's probably what Gil's thinking too here. And he has Niners plus four and a half. I don't know what you guys think about that one. Absolutely. That was going to be my second play because look, the, even if it's Trey Lance, Trey Lance, he started slow last week, and then he really heated up, and he can make some plays. Look, that throw to Debo Samuel, the touchdown. I'm sure Kyle Shanahan looks at that on film and goes, my main quarterback can't do that. Like, I, I can open up the playbook when I got this rookie in there. And the, 40, the, the Rams, most of this season, have been front runners. They beat bad teams. But against good teams, they're not great. You know, we saw last week, they almost lost to a depleted Ravens team. I don't trust this Rams team, really. And the 49ers, by now we know, they need to win. They need to win. They, if they don't win, their fate is in the Saints' hands to make the playoffs. So this is a playoff game for the Niners. I think we get everything we can. And I think they win. I, I really do. I think that they're going to go in there. We know to Shanahan McVay thinks so, yeah. Definitely agree. I think it's real important that Jimmy G plays rather than Lance. I was not impressed with Lance at all. Um, I actually had a bet, an in-game bet on that game, uh, on the team total under on uh, the the uh, Texans. I thought Lance was against a really bad team. I thought he was – he may end up being good, but he did not impress me at all. He hasn't impressed me all season. But, you know, like you said – we're probably going to get Jimmy G anyway. So that it's mm -hmm. not, it's, you wouldn't be as, Frank, let's put it this way. If, if Lance was playing, you'd be a little more concerned, especially because the Rams defense is pretty good. And I, yeah. Mikey as well. I think a little more variance for sure. But I look, I, you said it. I, I was watching that first half saying, whoa, Trey Lance can't do this. And then the second half, he did play well. I, I'll give him credit. He made some plays. I think he got really comfortable. And we saw that in the game where Jimmy G went out. I can't remember who they were playing. It was early in the season before the, he started against Arizona. And Trey, the same thing kind of happened. First couple series, he's shaky, and then he really warms up. And I just think that's a young kid. But yeah, definitely more variance with Trey. But I feel fine either way, quarterback. I really, you're right. Jimmy's played a lot better people give him credit for. But I feel good either way, quarterback, with the 49ers. I think you're referring to the Seahawks game in San Francisco. Oh, Seahawks. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Frank. Yep. Yeah, I couldn't remember who their opponent was. But yeah, he. it was one of those where you're like uh, a few series in, you're like, uh-oh, Trey Lance is in trouble. And then he got it hot late in the game. And same thing happened against Houston. I'm uh, I'm more with Todd than you about Lance. I mean, the first half of that game last week was an under in-game underbetter's dream between Trey Lance and, and Alec Mills. 
Davis Mills. <laughs> da- uh, I mean, Todd, I had it under 17 and a half, 16 and a half, 14 and a half, 13 and a half, and 10 and a half. I mean, it was just like, who could, who, who could punt quicker? I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. So I, I'm going to have a play on this game as well, but it won't be the same one. Okay, Todd, your first pick. My first pick, I am going to go with the. Uh, I'm going to go with the over in the LA Chargers game. Um, I think the. I think the Chargers are just one of those beautiful over teams where they're tremendous on offense. We all see the Herbert and and the whole story with him. I think obviously, he's a, if he's not a star already, he's a future star and will definitely be in the, you know top three quarterbacks in the league for time to come. I think the Chargers are outstanding offensively, and I think they're horrendous defensively. Uh, the only thing that gave them the blowout last week is they happened to be going against Drew Locke, who is not ready for prime time. So I don't I don't think and by the way, I took the over last week. It still got there because the Chargers scored so much. I think the Raiders are the Raiders are pretty good on I mean, I'm not gonna say they're 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 world beaters, but you don't have to be a world beater to beat the Chargers. Remember, the Steelers scored 34 points against this team. The Steelers can't score 34 points against anyone. I mean, I just keep going back to game after game after game where the Chargers look horrendous on on the defensive side of the ball. Anybody remember the Browns game where guys were running like it was a college game? It was ridiculous. I don't think the Chargers can stop anyone, and I think that they can score on anyone. So I'm going to take over 49.5 in the Chargers against the uh, Vegas Raiders. You know, nothing says more about the Chargers' defense than the fact that they scored with 14 seconds left in the half. And Drew Locke was able to get a field goal before half. I mean, come on. <laughs> what a joke. I mean, it's, it's incredible. It is incredible. It, it is incredible. That's the standalone game on Sunday night. Raiders, Chargers, win and you're in. Uh, should be a great atmosphere. And ticket prices are going through the roof here at Allegiant in Las Vegas. All right, I'm going to take Todd. And this is your first pick, right? My Mike first, Keith, this yeah, is your first my pick. My first pick. What's the number you have on the Cowboys and Eagles? I have six. Oh, it's, it's going even lower. I had six and a half a second ago, and now it looks like five and a half. Yeah. I think there was just news about COVID Parsons issues, or something. COVID. Yeah, Parsons yeah. and yeah. Todd, Tyron Smith, too. COVID yeah. issues there. Yeah, I'm going to take whatever this number is, six or whatever you want to give me here. I'm taking We'll say, I'm we'll ta- say f- it's actually five and a half, but it's not going to make a difference. I'm taking the Eagles here, Todd, because I don't think either team has anything to play for. I mean, really, Dallas, what's the reality here? that they can play their way up. They don't own any tiebreaker. They don't own any tiebreaker with Tampa Bay because they lost that opening night game there. The Rams playing for a lot, as you said, with the 49ers. I mean, the Rams are playing for the two seed. Really, the two are possibly the five. If Arizona should win and they lose to the 49ers. So, I mean, I think Dallas is pretty much locked into the four and knows their fate. They're going to have to win a game at home and then probably go to Lambeau. And not that that's the worst thing. Maybe winning the game at home is the is the bigger problem. I think of all the NFC teams, Dallas might actually have the best shot to go into Lambeau and win that game. I don't think they risk playing anybody. If their starters start, they may go a quarter, a quarter and a half. We know Philadelphia is not. They're locked. They're in to a playoff scenario. They're going to be a wild card already. Um, I really think this is just a glorified scrimmage with either team making sure nobody gets hurt. And I'll take the home team getting more than a field goal in that spot. I have that circled as my second pick, so now I might have to switch that one. But I, I actually like that too. I mean, it's ridiculous. By the way, first of all, who who are the Cowboys, right? Who are the Cowboys to be giving that that many points on the road in a in a glorified scrimmage? Right. What are you going to say, Frank? The way Mike off Football Outsiders has the ninety point two percent that the Cowboys get the four seed. So you're pretty much right. The only thing I'll push back on though is I remember that game against the Giants a few years. I think it was the Giants when it, it made no sense for the Cowboys to play their guys, and they played them the whole freaking game. And you can say, oh, it's a different coach. It doesn't matter. Jerry Jones calls shots there. So I wonder if they are going to play their starters a whole game. I don't agree with it. I think it's dumb. But it's the Cowboys did that dumbly a couple of years ago. So maybe they do it dumbly this time, too. But even with their starters, are they so great that they're going to kill right, the Eagles? I get, I get that. There's no motivation <laughs> I mean, there. There's no, And the Eagles have been playing well. Like, look, I, I give Nick Sirianni a lot of credit. I wondered if a couple months of the season, I was like, this guy might be a donkey. But he actually has turned that thing around. and they might. How about Jalen Hurts? How about Jalen Hurts? This guy might actually be good. I, I remember know. thinking he, this guy is horrendous. And he actually looks, I, I really think uh, as far as improvement goes, I don't know if you guys agree with me on this. I think he's improved 
I don't I can't think of any quarterback who's improved more than Jalen Hurts this year. I don't know what you guys think, but what do you, I mean, he really looks a lot better. Yeah, he, his good is really good. If you just put on a good tape of him, it's like, whoa, this guy's something. Then you put on the bad tape, and you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> like, nope, nope, don't want this. So he just got to get that the inconsistency out of his game. But the good is really, really good with him. If you, I'll give you guys this question. If you owned an NFL franchise, and I gave you the choice of these four, which one would you want going into oh, next year as one. your quarterback? I like this. You like I this? Like this, kind of question. this you ready? Is a fun one. You ready? Jalen Hurts. Tua Tagovailoa. No, I don't want him. Mac Jones. No. Bryce Young. I give you all four Alabama quarterbacks. Last four Alabama quarterbacks. Who do you want? And I know Bryce Young, you're only one year in college, but who, who would you have the rights to heading into next year? At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mm, that's a good Price. one. Price for me, just because <laughs> the upside. Uh, just, I know what the other guys are. I mean, Hertz might be good, but I know the other two guys are... Great. I don't know if Hertz is ever going to be great. I just shoot for the unknown there. Swing for the swing for the fence. I mean, the obvious answer that everyone would say was Mac Jones, but I think, see, I think a lot of Mac Jones being good is is Bill Belichick, really. hundred percent. And, and Joshua Daniels. Joshua Daniels is a great offensive coordinator. Well, yeah, I, I mean the Patriots. I mean the yeah, Patriots yeah, writ large. Awesome. The Patriots organization yeah. writ large has decided we are going to protect Mac Jones and make him give him the opportunities to succeed with the least amount of risk possible. I don't know, you know, maybe that's a controversial opinion, but to me it seems very clear. Their first step in every game is we're going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and try to protect Mac Jones. Do you agree with that, Mikey, or you think that's crazy? Oh, I agree with that, and I wonder if these other rookie quarterbacks that haven't been as successful, how they would have done if they landed in New England. How would Trey Lance have done if he landed in New England? Much better. How would Much better. Trevor Lawrence 100%. done if he had landed in New England, right? Right. I agree. Oh, yeah. You put Mac Jones put Mac Jones on the Jaguars. What what happens? People would be screaming. People would be screaming Mac Jones is the worst quarterback in the history of the NFL. You know they would be saying that. He probably would have been injured by now. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But I would, out of those guys, I would probably take just talent, just alone of what I've seen. I'm going to say something crazy. Hertz is impressing me. I'll take Hertz. And the thing That's about Hertz is he can make you hurt with his legs. And and if he gets the throws down, which he's starting to get down, and he gets the reads down, look out because he has that extra ability that not everybody has. Now, maybe he's going to be like a Colin Kaepernick who had the that one year when he was amazing and then all of a sudden he fell apart. You know, he I can't I can't I can remember uh, Kaepernick on third and eight in huge games, like making those first down runs. And it, it seems like Hertz can do the similar thing. But we'll, we'll see, obviously. I was listening to an interview with Ron Jaworski a couple of weeks ago, and he was really lavishing the praise on Hertz, saying he's one of the best natural leaders of a, a young man to come into the league in many, many years. And He's really high on Hertz and doesn't think it should be a question of if they're playing Minshew or Hertz. It's clearly Hertz is the number one there. Okay, Frank gave his second pick already uh, with the Niners. Niners, yeah, Niners plus four and a half. Okay, okay, so Todd, can you read Gil's second pick and give your second? Pick? Yes, 
Gil's second pick is the Woofties minus six and a half. I'm just going to guess that Gil thinks the Giants have packed it in. How can you really argue against that? Uh, it seems to me that uh, that the Giants have decided that the, the season is over and they're already on vacation. Uh, some teams, you know, one there's always one or two teams that have really checked out for the season. And it certainly looks like the Giants, certainly on the offensive side of the ball, have completely decided to, to uh, check out. Not that Woofty's any good, but it's only six and a half. I don't know what you guys think. I think, Frank, you you already told us you yeah, thought the Giants I, were done. <laughs> I mean, last week, I, I was, I don't think people are talking about this enough. Last week in the first half against Chicago, the New York Giants ran the ball 23 times and passed twice, and they were down 22-3 at the half. That's Joe Judge giving up. That is Joe Judge quitting on his team and saying, you're going to give me this crappy roster. Well, here you go. I'm going to run the clock out on the first half. And we're just going to take our L and go back to New York. I thought it was shameful. I thought the, the game plan they had last week was literally shameful. I thought he quit on his team. And then he's got these bizarre rants after the game, talking about guys calling him up multiple times a week, saying you wish it stayed there. and blah. I think he's losing his mind. I think he's given up on this team. I think this team has pretty much given up on him. And just talent-wise, I got nothing. I mean, I get it. Mike Glennon stinks. Like, it is hard to watch that team. I, I totally agree. I think I think Washington WFD just totally uh, gets over on them, and and just and and also, if you needed anything else, Joe Judge calling Washington a clown show organization. Ron Rivera's going to bring that up. He's going you know, anything you can get for motivation in the last week. He's going to bring this stuff up, and so I think Washington they're at least trying, and the Giants aren't. So yeah, totally. Agree. What about Saquon Barkley? How good would Saquon Barkley be on, say, Tennessee? Would he run for Derrick Henry that. numbers? Nope, nope. I look whenever I watch those Giants games, and I watch them every week. Obviously, I, Devontae Parker looks like the the more explosive running back. It's kind of sad. I, I don't know if if Saquon needs another year. I don't know if, but every time I look up, it's like Saquon might not even be the Giants' best run right now. Like it's it's hard to watch. I I hope Saquon bounces back because he's got this great talent. But I don't know. How about the original really Saquon? Don't. How about the original Saquon before the injury? Oh yeah, yeah. He was unbelievable. Yeah. The rookie year Saquon, Penn State Saquon all day. I mean he, he I don't know if he'd be Derrick Henry level or Jonathan Taylor level, but he'd be in that he'd be in that upper echelon for sure. I just feel some of these running backs, they lose their careers because they're on the wrong team. I see it happening to Najee Harris because I think Najee Harris is a real yeah. talent. And uh even though he uh, broke my heart last week when I had both team total Steelers under 21 and a half and the Browns oh. plus seven and a half. <laughs> and well, by the way, Mikey, tell me, what are the percentages of NFL teams breaking a touchdown run with 119 no. to go and they're no. just running it into the right. line? Does it happen more than one out of 100? No, but it, it probably does. Not anymore because they're all trained to go down at the five, Todd. I mean, oh, that's the other <laughs> thing. To go down. Like, I was like, he's going to go down. And then he's like, yeah. no, screw, screw this. It's like free run I've had all year. I'll take a touchdown. By the way, even besides without that, though, and we know they all do know that they have to jump down, go down at the five. But even without that, they almost never break a long one. Like I remember right. that Chubb one uh, a couple years ago, but you don't re really remember. It's not like college. You know, in college, it happens all the time. We see it. Jonathan but in the Taylor NFL, it earlier this year, well, but it's in, rare. Yeah. In oh, yeah, Jonathan Taylor did against the Patriots. In, you're in right. In college, you're right. if yeah, they get different. past the linebackers, they can't run them down. But in the pros, there's always DBs that are going to run them down. They don't break it. And I, I couldn't. I was driving home from the game because yeah. we'd already left. We were oh. trying to beat the uh, Big Ben traffic, and we thought <laughs> oh, we had it when, when we got the backdoor touchdown by Baker after a fourth and fifteen pass interference. We thought, <laughs> oh my God, we're going to get the backdoor and we're going to get the team total under. And then they give it to Najee, and he's running free. And I'm like, you cannot be kidding me, Najee! Fall down, fall down. No. You can't blame him, though. He's going to get three on my line of scrimmage every play. He's like, oh, agree. my God, this is what open field is like. And I can't believe Frank, it. That's why I brought it up, because I feel like he's going to – his career is being ruined already yeah. with a team with no offensive lines. So. It's hard. It's Yeah, he has had a season. Like, I, I haven't seen him have one easy run all year except that one, I guess. He makes four-yard runs that are spectacular sometimes. You know, makes like five you're, you're guys miss on it. It's incredible. So, anyways, uh, Mikey, are we up to me and your second pick? Yep. My second pick, I had Philadelphia written down here, but I'm going to pass that for now. Mm. I'm going to take the Titans. Do you have the Titans minus 10? Is that what you have the Titans at? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to take the Titans minus 10. 
Um, I've watched a lot of Houston this year. And of course, I watch all the games that I'm saying as far as games that I really pay attention to just because I'm always seem to be on their team total under. And uh, last week, I think I had the Niners and millions. By the way, I'm going to be I'm 49 and 36 and millions and going nowhere. Right. There's no way I can cash even you're if gonna, I go you're, five. And you're going to be like you're going to go five and oh and be four games out of the money. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay. So anyways, last week I had the, the, I think hey, I had the Todd, Niners minus 12. Todd, yes. right now the last person that's in the money is 55 and 30. And they're, and they're in a, so a, like a 20-way tie for that. You know what I mean? So I'm mathematically eliminated, of course. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. 49 and 36. But anyways, so last week I had the, the Niners and I had Lance watching that nonsense in the first half. And I'm thinking there's no way. And then they get there in the second half just because – Houston's horrendous. I mean, do we really have to go over why Houston's bad? I mean, they have no quarterback. They have no nothing. It's it's a joke of a team. And they and I think they're still trying. That's the thing. I think the Titans are still trying. They looked like they were trying against the 49ers. They just can't do anything. They're just not good enough. And I think the Titans, you know, Vrabel is a serious coach. I've always liked Vrabel. And they I think they need to win it for the uh for the one number one overall seed. I think they're gonna be serious. And I think they're just going to go in there and just plow through them, just run the ball right through them. And it'll be, you know, a Titans. It'll be a typical Titans game. Uh, you know, I mean, a typical Houston Texans game where it's like 24 to 7 or 27 to 7. Give me the uh, Titans minus the 10. Okay. Real quick, why, why? I look at these coach of the year odds. Can somebody explain to me why Zach Taylor is ahead of Mike Vrabel? Yeah. Why? I mean, Mike Vrabel's going to get the one seed without Derrick Henry being there half the year, without A.J. Brown being there for a month or so, with, with Julio Jones being corpse. Like, Frank, why is Zach Taylor ahead of Mike Vrabel? Because the, the Bengals were 25-1 to 1 to win their division. I think. Who, I think, who cares? It's always mispriced before the season, maybe. Like, now, recent, I hate Coach of the I hate Frank, it so much, Mike. Frank, I hate that. Award. I was just going to ask you guys this question, who you would have. To me, it's only Zach Taylor or Mike Vrabel that should get voted for. I think LaFleur, no. Because, look, he was exposed in Kansas City when Rodgers didn't play. They couldn't do anything. It's not about him. Who's LaFleur? The, 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 the Green Bay. Matt He's La- not the coach, is he? The, Matt LaFleur. The, 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 I think Rodgers is the coach. Rodgers is the player. <laughs> yeah, oh, Rogers coach the LaFleur is not the real coach. Uh, I push back on that. I push back. Look. Look at Mike McCarthy's last few years versus uh, Matt Lafleur winning eighty-two percent of his games the last three. I, I vote Lafleur. I would. I think I, at some point you just need to say, well, uh, whatever. Like that, this guy's going to get the one seed in the NFC. He's done a great job. Well, you know, you, you, you over over. The, go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. No, you go. I, I, what, what, oh, you're saying Lafleur should get the even over Vrabel and Zach Taylor? Yes. Yes, oh, okay. I would vote for Le- I, I think I just think look, Coach of the Year is a stupid award. It is so. Josh Pastner has won ACC Basketball Coach of the Year before Mike Krzyzewski. Like, I mean, it's a dumb award, but I think at some point results just need to matter, and the Packers have been the best team, so why not? Well, what and about Belichick? Like, Frank, what Belichick's about Belichick? Been Belichick's been great, and I wouldn't even have a problem with anybody voting for him. But I think what it comes down to is the Packers have been the best team, and Lafleur has dealt with some things now, like. Aaron Rodgers' drama, he handled that really well. Devontae Adams' drama, he's handled it. They lost Jair Alexander. They lost David Bakhtiari. They lost Darius Smith. It's not like they've had no adversity. I'd vote LaFleur because I think this is not just Aaron Rodgers and roll the balls out. Look at that win at Arizona. They had nobody, and they won that game. So I think LaFleur's done a, a fine job, and I, I'd vote for him. You can't go to the NFC Championship every ga- year and lose and be considered a winner by America. It's not going to happen. Ask Danny White. Okay, unless you uh, become yeah. the greatest, love unless you become How about Jim Kelly, ask Jim well, Kelly, Mike. Well, he won the conference. He didn't win the Super Bowl. Oh, the only oh, exception is if Lafleur becomes the greatest uh, color commentator in the history of the NFL. Then it was okay for Madden to lose seven AFC Championship games, but, <laughs> but not. I, I think I, I vote for Vrabel. When I vote Vrabel. It's not even it, yeah, not even close. And and the Zach or Taylor, Belichick. the Zach Taylor fourth down nonsense. He did it against Minnesota oh in week God. one. And then oh why you won't God. kick a field goal with 48 seconds left in Kansas City doesn't have a timeout. He got so lucky twice there. Well, I mean, you th- you got to think, what's the other side of what he's thinking? He's thinking if he kicks the field goal, he's up by three with 48 seconds and no timeouts. And for sure, Kansas City's going to get no, a field goal. Not for that's sure. What he's thinking. I don't no, think no, for sure. I'm not, not saying, for sure. I'm not saying it's for sure. I'm just yeah. saying that's what he's thinking. So he's right. thinking... We've got to win this game right here. Otherwise, uh, and by the way, you could do the percentages out. There's probably, what is the actual percentage of Kansas City getting a field goal with 48 seconds and no timeouts? What's the percentage? 50-50? I'd say less. Well. Uh, maybe Mahomes. If. Bad. I don't know. If 
he had tried the short field goal and missed it, then it would have been 87% they scored a touchdown. Well, that's only because we know missed field goals score 87%. That's a whole other story. That's a, no, but seriously, what is it? What do, I you think put it's, it, I what think do you put it at? It's less than 50%. Really? No timeouts. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. I mean, a lot but of Butker's like a pretty it. good kicker. But Butker's a great I kicker. I, I said if yeah. that's Aaron Rodgers in the same spot, though, I think Rodgers and Brady better at managing the clock than Mahomes, though. Okay, I think it's pretty. It's higher than you guys okay. are giving it credit for, but right. obviously there's no way to know. Okay, I'm going to go to the game that that uh, that you that uh, Gil and Frank already took, but I'm going to play it a different way. What do you have as the total on the Rams game? Rams 49ers. The Rams against the Niners. The Rams against the Niners are four and a half and 44 and a half. I'm going under there. Todd is my second pick. Under 44 Ooh, and a half. Under 44 and a half. Okay. If it's Lance, then you won. I think I win. If it's Garoppolo, it depends on is it good Jimmy G or bad Jimmy G. Look, this is a playoff game. It's the two versus the five seed for the Rams. It's the win and get in for the 49ers. The 49ers and Shanahan have owned McVay. Okay, their defense has been very good. You saw it even with the change to Stafford at quarterback in the first meeting. San Francisco was dominant in that game. I think this is a low-scoring game, a playoff-type atmosphere that both teams will play conservatively and try not to beat themselves. Stafford tried to give away that game in, in Baltimore last week, a pick six and a fumble in the red zone. I mean, they, that, that's how good the Rams' defense is, though, that they could still win a game like that that Baltimore was desperate to win. I think this game is 17-14, 20-17. I'm not sure which way, but I like it under. I think if Lance goes, you can just cash the ticket right now because you know they're going to protect him. They're going to try to run the ball and 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 shorten the game. But with Jimmy G, it could be a whole other story. What do you think, Frank? Yeah, I agree. I I do think you guys hate on Lance too much. This guy's got some skills, man. I, he, <laughs> I didn't say he. Wait, Frank. I didn't say he might not be career. good in the future. Wait, stars. Frank. I didn't say he wouldn't be good in the future. I just said right now. Sure. I get it. I get it. But well, you've seen some things out of him. Well, let's see you, him. A Let's see. see like, look, go back and look at the second half last year, last week. Let's see him against a real NFL defense, though. We really haven't seen. It. I mean, whatever he does against Montana State and the Texans is one thing. Let's see him go against this Rams, <laughs> this Rams defense. Okay, Frank, it's time. By the way, how many games, Mikey? How many games? I remember the Seattle game. Didn't he play another game where he was horrendous? Also, he played. Against, he, I, he played against Arizona, and they just ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball. Remember? Yeah, it was not a good game plan. Yeah. It was not a good game plan. <laughs> that I was think that Shan, game they I lost think Shanahan. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, I remember I had, that game. I, I remember yeah, I thinking he's horrible it was too. Awful, yeah. mm -hmm. But I think I think Shanahan screwed that game up, and I think he did admit it. I think he did admit I had a bad game plan. Okay, Frank, it's time for your third pick. I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers plus five and a half because, you know, I, I, Taka said this before about the Cowboys. Who are the Ravens to be giving five and a half right now? They've been terrible lately. They're beat up. I, I love Harbaugh. I love the infrastructure of that team. But they've lost five in a row, including one of the Steelers. And we know what the Steelers are by now. We're going to get a great effort. Out. The game ugly. They're going to keep it low scoring. And I think five and a half is way too much here. I, I really don't understand the angle of, well, they just left it all in the field last week because of Ben's last game. Uh, look, great quarterback, don't get me wrong, but he's not exactly, from reputation, and I know this is a lot of narrative street, he's not exactly the guy in that locker room who everybody just loves unconditionally. Like, he's their quarterback and whatnot, and respect him. But it's not like everybody on the Pittsburgh Steelers was like, well, let's win this one for Ben, and who cares if we make the playoffs? Like, no, no. Like, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to come out in this, and they don't. Are their chances of making the playoffs pretty low? Yes, but you still got to play it out. You still got to act like, hey, let's win and see what happens with the Colts. I think the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, best effort we can out of them. We know they're going to play defense. We know TJ Watt is a beast. He's going to win Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, so I, I think this is, this line was just totally. It surprised me. It surprised me that the that the Steelers were so far over against this Ravens team that has shown really honestly nothing for five or more weeks now. I can I say something about the Pittsburgh Steelers? Todd, Todd, I'd like you to say something. Then I'd also like you to um envelop in your comments your parting thoughts on what Big Ben has meant to you as a Yenzer. Well I'll just say it right now. The Pittsburgh Steelers are we were in love with Big Ben Rothisberger and that 
And uh, look, sure, there were some issues early on, uh, maybe some mistakes made off the field that don't seem to be exactly what a good person might be doing and that. But we got over that. He became a family man, and we love Ben Roth, this burger big Ben. Let me just say, I just want to say something. I want to give a, a shout-out to the sweet people down at the Heinz Field because uh, somebody took me to the suite against the, the Brownies, and wow, what a spread. And, and I am obviously struggling. Now I'll go out of Pittsburgh East for a minute. I'm obviously struggling with the food right now and it did not help at all to be in that box because they had every kind of food available it was unbelievable the only bad part about that whole night was that Najee Harris run on me but uh no big Ben Roethlisberger I mean how can you it, look obviously look my friend when we drove home we had a whole discussion about the the uh, mistakes that Ben has made in the past and uh that was an interesting discussion but just as a football player I think he's been amazing uh, obviously, you know, Super Bowl winner. Uh, he was never good enough to get us past Brady, but he was, uh, he was, I mean, come on. How could the Steelers get t Terry Bradshaw and Ben Roethlisberger all in the last 40 years? I mean, it's a tremendous uh, thing to have a quarterback for that long. I mean, it's almost like Rodgers and Favre. And you got Tommy Maddox, and yeah. you had Mark Malone, and Cliff Stout. <laughs> I mean, just the, the list just keeps going on and on. What about Charlie? <laughs> Charlie Batch for a while. I mean, they've had they've had Bobby some... Brister. I mean, <laughs> a puppy. It is just an assembly line. Frank, we had some lean years. I remember when Mark Malone <laughs> was the quarterback and we couldn't score a touchdown for like four games in a row. Oh, my. And Mark Malone was the local TV sports guy afterwards. Oh, my gosh. He was horrendous, Mark Malone. Well, Neil O'Donnell took you to a Super Bowl, at least. I mean, he, That's true. Neil yeah. O'Donnell yeah. was good. He was, Neil O'Donnell was good. He was decent. Just good enough, but not good enough to beat uh, the bootlegger's son in the Super Bowl and get, get, get Barry a championship. Uh, no, but as far as see as far as franchises go, to have yeah. both Terry Bradshaw and Ben Roethlisberger, yeah. Yeah. that's pretty good. I mean, how many other teams can say they had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks and the Broncos? Many, right? The Broncos. Yeah. John Elway. And, I mean, hell, and Peyton. The Bears have been looking. The Bears have oh, been looking but, for seventy years for a quarterback. I mean, yeah, to get two guys like that back to back, or not back to back, but in the same lifetime, basically. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Well, the 49ers had Montana and Young back to back. For God's sakes. Well, that was, yeah, that was, but they, I, mean, I feel Jeff like there's Garcia too much over the slappy. Like Jeff Garcia was okay too. They've had a nice Jeff run. Garcia would have been okay. If not for Terrell Owens and, and what he did to destroy Jeff Garcia. Probably. I think Probably. I really believe that Todd, it's time to read Gil's second pick or third pick. Sorry. Gil's third <clears throat> pick is the LA chargers minus the three. I'm not positive why he likes this other than I know he likes their coach a lot. Um, we've talked about the analytics till ad nauseum. Uh, all I'll say is just because it goes over three doesn't mean anything, guys. But the Chargers minus three, I, I assume it, he likes it because, uh, you know, he likes the coaching matchup, maybe. Okay, Todd, time for your third pick. My third pick, I have Eagles uh, circled here, but you took Eagles. So I'm just trying to see if I can on the fly come up with something different. Um, than that, I don't really see anything. I, uh, you know what? I'm going to go with the Falcons. I, I kind of like, I, I like what uh, Frank had to say about the Falcons. And the only thing, you know what? Forget that. I can't. I can't bet on Maddie Ice. I'm just going to take the Eagles. Forget it. Philadelphia, <laughs> Philly plus five and a half. I, I just, I just had a flashback, Frank, to all the bets that I've made on Maddie Ice, and I just feel so yeah, horrible right. in the last two minutes when he's at the 32-yard line in field goal range and takes a sack to put him out of range. And I, and I, I had last year. I had a thing where I can't bet. I went to Philly Rivers Anonymous, and I decided I would no longer bet on Phil Rivers. And I am no longer betting on Matty Ice. So I'm going to stay. I'm going to go with Philly plus five and a half for the same reasons, Mikey. You said, first of all, I don't think that the Cowboys should be favored by five and a half on the road against a decent team. I really like what Hertz has done. We talked ad nauseum about that. I'm just going to take Philly plus five and a half. Okay. Then we need your third, Mikey. I'm taking the Chiefs. Chiefs. Wow. And let's see what the number is here 10. Chiefs no. minus 10. Yep, that's the consensus number. Is that because the guy with Survivor told you it was a lock? Yeah, no, I think it's because <laughs> I think it's because uh, you know Denver has really faced all these COVID issues. I think they've packed it in. Not sure uh, if all of the city will turn out to the last salute to the Commodore Fangio, his last game in Denver. <laughs> this team is really bad. Um, they, they were serviceable with Bridgewater. They were competitive in games. They are not. 
anymore, and I think they're just devastated. Look, Kansas City doesn't want to. Look, Kansas City loses the tiebreaker with all the other AFC conference winners. They've lost to all of them. They lost to the Bills. They lost to the to the Bengals, uh, <clears throat> and they lost horribly to the Titans in Nashville. So they, if they lose, they risk falling to the four or even the three. That means you don't get a second home game. They'd at least like to get two games at Arrowhead, and maybe if somebody, if the Bengals could upset the Titans or something like that, they could have the AFC Championship game in Arrowhead for the fourth straight season. An accomplishment of its own. It means something to Kansas City here. I don't know what it means to Denver. I don't know how many people they're even going to have, how many bodies they're going to have available. They certainly don't have a quarterback. I'll lay the points on the road here in a game um, that's fairly important to the Chiefs. Let me ask you this. How stunned were you guys? When I had the over team total 38 and a half on the Chiefs, they had 28 at the half and they scored three points in the second half. Can somebody three tell me how that happened? Yeah. How I did mean, that they happen? They just didn't have a ball. They, they, I think they went punt, punt, field goal in their last three, the only three yep. possessions in the second half. That's correct. By the way, Mike, I'll push back a little bit just because I think this line's inflated. I think that the, the Broncos on Sunday night a couple of weeks ago, and I get it was Bridgewater and they have had a COVID issues, but a few weeks ago, that felt like I had the Broncos next, and that felt like a right side because the Broncos played with them, and there was a there was a defensive touchdown and all that. But I didn't feel like the Broncos got run off the field. And what are we saying in this game if if it's plus ten at Denver? That what it would be fourteen and a half at Kansas City? I get it's just wait. It, the lines just wait. You talking about the twenty-two to nine game, Frank? Yeah, yeah. If you look at the yeah. yards and all that kind of stuff, it was like they, they, that wasn't a thirteen-point loss for them. That was well, a game they should have covered, but they didn't because it caught a, a couple breaks. Look, they were listless against one of the worst defenses in the league last week. I don't think they have yep. anything left. I, I just really don't. You saw that line go up, up, up because of the COVID issues, which which are still a factor. Yeah, if this game was played three weeks earlier, the line's probably six. Right, I know I'm playing the premium here, but I just think Denver is totally done. Fangio's done. The lockers are packed. The offices are cleaned out. It's over, and it's time to move on there. Okay. Let's... Drew Locke, Mr. Jeff George, is, is not going to be an NFL quarterback. Oh, he's bad. He's, he's done. He's not even a backup. He's not even a backup. Yeah. You know, I, I talked. Uh, I was on with when Mitch and Paul were off the vacation before Christmas. I was on with Stormy and Sean King, and he told me off air. He said, Mike, you have no idea how bad this Drew Locke is. This guy is an embarrassment. I mean, outside of quarterbacks that haven't played in the league, he's absolutely the worst. And he hasn't been wrong so far about his performance. He said the drop-off between Bridgewater and Locke might be the biggest gap of anybody outside the Packers, and I think he's right. Uh, all right, now, Frank, we do our two-team six-point teaser. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and I'm going to take uh, one of them's going to be Washington, just because I, I don't know that they're going to need it, but you get them down to what zero point five. I, I I like that. I think the Giants have, have as I've talked about, just packed it in. They they are the one team I could look at and say, yep, that team is quit. They do not want to play football anymore. They have a countdown in the locker room about how many days left until we can go play golf. And the other one's Cardinals. I, I think look, the Cardinals go into this game. NFC West hopes still alive. They need the 49ers to beat the Rams, but that could happen. I think you're going to see the best out of the Cardinals and the Seahawks. Other, you know, yeah, they beat up the Lions. They beat up the Texans. 
when else? Russell's looked terrible against good teams. Seahawks have looked terrible against good teams. So if you can give me the cards down to minus one, I like that. Minus a half, or are you even going to give you? Minus a half, because I think they're six and a half. Okay, six but, and a half. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Seattle is, is, I don't know what's wrong with Russell Wilson. Is this just his injury yep. or something structurally wrong? I 100% think it's his injury. I don't think that he's bad early in the year. Like, uh, So I, I think it's a, I think it's just injury related. He came back too quick. And hats off to him for doing it, for being tough and saying, I'm going to try to bail my team out of this. But he came back too quick. And that, that now he's paying the price for it. Right. So we're, we're going to learn a lot about Russell Wilson in the first four weeks of next season, I think, uh-huh, because uh-huh. if he's back to the regular Russell Wilson or if something structurally, I, I tend to agree with you, Frank. I think it, it's just an injury thing. Todd, because you have the lead in the, the teasers, you go before me. OK, I'm going to go with my beloved Patriots. Uh, they're beloved to me because I have them 32 to one and 41 to one to win the Super Bowl, and not that they will, but at least I could probably hedge that. I'm going to take Pat's minus a half. I think that uh, Miami is fraudulent. Uh, Miami won a million games against bad teams, and hats off to Flores for riding the ship. And by the way, they don't have a lot of talent. Two attack of Aloha, I. I don't know. I, I'm not a, a fan. I just don't see it. I don't see Tua Tagovailoa, and I think they have a pretty decent defense. And Flores, you know, writes the ship so they can beat the teams that they that they should beat. Uh, they did win the one game against the Ravens, but who are the Ravens? The rest of those wins were against horrible teams. Now we see them come out against the Titans last week. They play a real team. It's a real team. It's a real game. Now it's, okay, are you really good Miami or are you just Miami Jokers? Well, here's what they are. They're Miami Jokers. They couldn't even keep this game close. This game was over before it started. I had everything tied. All my pregame stuff that I had tied to like Moneyline parlays, I had them all tied to Tennessee Moneyline because I was just, and I wasn't concerned about it one bit at all. And, And in betting, you're never not concerned. And I wasn't concerned. It looked like there's just no way that Miami can compete with Tennessee. I don't think Miami is good and now they're going to go against the Patriots team throw out that first game of the year when it was 17-16 you know that was the first game of the year I think the Patriots are just they're a different level uh, than Miami and and Bill Belichick will get will find a way to win it and my second team is going to be the Niners plus 10 and a half because I agree with um, both Gil and Frank on this game Um, I just and if I get Jimmy G uh, I think there's no way they're losing by more than 10 and a half. If I get Lance, I'm going to be a little nervous, but even then they're going to run the ball a lot. It'll be tough to lose by 10 and a half. So give me Pats minus a half, Niners plus 10 and a half. That will be my teaser uh, coronation. Do you want to read Gill's teaser? Gill's teaser is Las Vegas Raiders plus nine, which is interesting because he also has the Chargers minus three in the uh, in the other in the picks. So that's interesting that he likes the Raiders. Raiders plus nine, and he has the Wufties minus a half, and that's the uh, Giants quitting story. Okay, I have the Wufties as well. Agree with Frank. Everybody's on the Wufties. Wufties, okay. uh-huh. and then uh-huh. I'm taking the Falcons up to ten and a half. I think the Falcons win this game actually. Uh, Taysom Hill is awful. He's awful. He really is bad. He's really bad. I mean, they beat beat a god-awful Carolina team because of their defense. I mean, this could be a very – look at the total on this game of 40. I mean, I think this game's going to be low. I just think the Falcons in the snow, and they were down two scores, and Buffalo was about to go up by 20 before half, and somehow they found themselves ahead, and they fought in that game. I think think that – Atlanta's better here. I didn't use him as one of my plays because four and a half, but I'm going to use him in the teaser. I think I think they win this game. I, I would be shocked if Taysom Hill and company can put up 20-plus points here in this game. I don't think Taysom Hill's an NFL quarterback. I think they always no, knew he no. wasn't an NFL quarterback, and they're just holding on for dear life with Taysom Hill. They have a good defense. Taysom Hill is not ready to be an NFL quarterback, so how can you lay a million points? It's ridiculous. Yeah, most are going to score is 17. Like, I mean, exactly. this is, yeah, I, I totally agree. Frank, how good do you think the Saints would have been if Jameis had been healthy? A lot better, actually. Like, for as, for as bad as Jameis, bad Jameis is, he, he did make plays. I mean, through 5,000 yards in a season. Like, he, he's not just incompetent. He just falls apart at the wrong time. So I think they would have been, you know, 10, 11 wins by now. If, if, they, if Taysom could try, if they could date Taysom and Trevor Simeon this far, I think Jameis would have been better for him. Okay, we're going to go I agree with you. to the final two questions. 
that we do every week, Frank. Which of the big favorites is most likely to lose this week? It will define the big favorites as uh, seven or more. So here are your choices. The Chiefs, the Colts, the Bills, the Bucks, or the Titans. All these teams favored by more than a touchdown. Which one is most likely to lose outright? Yeah, I, I did think about the Titans, but yeah, it's hard to, to back Houston. I was, I'm just going to say the Bucks because I know Arians is saying we're all going to we're going to play this, we're going to block. What do the Bucks have to play for this week? And they're if they lose Mike Evans or Gronk this week, their offense is dust at that point. Like they are very thin on offense, and I think at some point the Bucks are just going to say, "All right, we'll, we'll get a series out of Brady and just get everybody out of there, and let's let's prepare for next week." It's tough to back the Panthers. They're awful. They're a really, really <laughs> bad football team. I mean, my goodness, it's tough to watch them. But I think if there's one team that's uh, out of those big favors is just going to lay an egg because they don't really care that much and they don't have anything to play for and they're just trying to get out of this thing without an injury. And they've also dealt with this whole Antonio Brown circus all week. I guess it's the Bucks. The Bucks are locked into the three, right? They can't go down because they own the tiebreaker with Dallas. So. I yeah, I think they could move up to two. I'm not. Yeah, they could if the Rams really lost. Right. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a really narrow runway they got to land on there. Todd, what if what if the Bucks actually have something structurally wrong with them? They lost nine nothing, right? I mean, how did they score zero? Right. I know, I know, Saints are good, but nine nothing. Then they had to. For all, for everything they owned, they had to get the, that Jets game, and I was, you know, I had a, a money line parlay in game on that. I was like, I can't believe this, but they might lose this game to the Jets. I mean, that is unbelievable that their life and death to beat the Jets. Maybe there's they're just not that good. I mean, it's quite possible the Buccaneers are not this vaunted team that everyone thinks that they are. I, you know, especially with all these injuries at, at the receiver position. So yeah, I'm with you on on that one, Frank. I, I think I, I think you make some great points about the Bucks. They'd spend a little shaky, a little shakier than anybody wants to admit. I'm uh, Todd. I was watching that game. I thought that Salah did a lot of things to lose that game. One, when you're up two scores in the ball in the second half, you can't run against the Bucks. So there's no point of trying to run the ball to kill clock. Start keep using your passing game. You advance and, that and fourth get fourth and two. Yeah, yeah. What I, did you think about that fourth no, and two? I, I, that was the one I, that I was questioning. Like I, I didn't question yeah. the Cincinnati one as much. Yeah. I thought that one was worse. So. Yeah, I would have kicked the field goal and make Brady score, and then have to go to overtime and beat you because your team you were moving the ball on Tampa Bay, throwing it the whole game, the whole game. Absolutely, I agree. I, 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 I thought that was questionable. I honestly didn't hate the decision. I hated the play call. Like you're yeah. trying to sneak it up fourth and yeah. two. Like, yeah. but the decision to like let's knock Brady out right now. I, I didn't hate it. I really. Uh, all right, uh, I agree with both of you guys. I think it's. The and Bucks. by the way, one, oh, Mikey, one more thing. What about the BYU quarterback? Maybe he could be okay. I'm starting to think maybe. I, look, I know you just rolled your eyes at me, but maybe he's. Uh, maybe he's got something. What do you think? Seems nothing. Seems small to me. He just seems small. Frank, what about you? What do you think about him? You think he could be okay? I think he might be the talents there, but it is troubling that the Jets have played three other quarterbacks this year, and all three look better than than the kid. Uh, I mean, even Joe Flacco for that game he had to play was like, oh, oh. <laughs> Mike White, who I'd never heard of. I literally was like, who's Mike White? Who am I watching here? And then Josh Johnson played it, it too, and against Indy, and he looked fine. So when you've played four quarterbacks all year, and Zach Wilson's the look fourth best out of those guys, it's a little trouble. Really troubling. I thought. Really troubling with Mike White. I mean, he led Illinois to the Rose Bowl 40 years ago and still looked better. Than <laughs> that's a great poll. My God, that's a great poll. Wasn't I it? just thought the last couple weeks, I thought early in the season looked horrendous. The last couple weeks, I thought he looked okay. He but. has looked better. And the, look, the talent. I'm not giving up on anybody after, what, 10 starts? Like, how many? Yeah, yeah I'm not giving up on anybody. But it, there, there's some trouble signs. Wasn't the big I think 10. The bigger, honestly, I think the bigger question is Trevor Lawrence. Like, everybody wants to give him a pass. Oh, Urban, the Jaguars. It's, he's got to own his stuff at some point. He has missed every throw I've seen him make. He has not looked at any point like, hey, this is Trevor Lawrence Uber prospect. Like, maybe we're just giving him a pass for no good reason, and he's not as good as we Well, that's the thing. If you play for Clemson and you get to stand back there and nobody comes anywhere near you in college, how do you even know if these guys are going to be good? You know, that's the whole, you know, crazy he, thing. He also had great running games at Clemson with him too, right? I mean... 
that's and that's what he was he was feuding with Urban about about not using the running game at all and throwing the ball 45 50 times a game he's used to going into to a set where they had to respect the running game and they couldn't you know they 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 couldn't just drop back five guys in nickel all the time against him in college you're right Todd he had a lot of open throws Kenny Pickett also, by the way, uh, be very, very, very careful. I'm not a Kenny. I love Pitt yeah. football, of course. You know, I mean, I'll bet against them all the time. But um, <laughs> yeah, by, the, by the way, that bowl game is unbelievable loss. I don't know if you guys were, were watching the, the Pitt bowl game when they're getting three and a half and they're ahead by 11 in the fourth quarter and somehow didn't cover because of that interception at the end. Um, thank God I didn't have that. I had Michigan State plus six and a half in game. But yeah, the uh, Kenny State, Pickett. I, yeah. I don't think Kenny Pickett is going to be a big-time quarterback. I know he's the best. They're considering him the best coming. I don't see it. I think he's going to be a – like, they'll think, oh, Kenny Pickett, and he'll end up like an NFL backup. I don't I don't see it with Kenny Pickett. What do you think about Narduzzi? I think Narduzzi's okay for – I think he's okay for Pitt. I mean, remember, Pitt can't recruit the way these – I mean, this is a city school. It's not like one of these big – power you know uh, teams like clemson and it's certainly not an sec type of team you know pitt's a city school it's not really you know it's it's pitt's really more like cincinnati is and cincinnati was like oh wow it's amazing cincinnati made the made the college football playoffs i think narduzzi remember how bad pitt was before narduzzi pitt had some horrendous seasons absolutely horrendous so, you know, I thought Narduzzi's not that bad. You you obviously don't like him. Is that why you're asking me that, Mikey? He, he, he does some questionable things. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not saying he's great. I'm just saying for Pitt, it's, you know, who are they going to get? Who's going to Pitt to be the coach? Right, right. And hold on to Paul Crisp. I mean, yeah, and Paul Crisp know? isn't even great. Who loves hey, Paul Crisp? Hey, now. Hey, you love hey, Paul Crisp? I'm a Wisconsin oh, alum, so well, hey, he's, uh, I'm he's sure, good for what Wisconsin's going to get. I'm sure they're mad at him this week because of what happened in the last four downs <laughs> in that game. They, he <laughs> yeah, needed to yeah. cover the spread yeah. seven and a half. <laughs> that was funny. Anyways, uh, Mikey, what are we up to? We're up to that bizarro question where if you could bet every, bit, every game on the board, but you could only pick one. You had to bet every game on the board, but you could pick one not to bet. Which game would it be? Which game do you want no part of, Frank? Uh, Bears Vikings. This is easy. This might be out of all, however many games around the entire schedule this whole season. That might be the one. Uh, how could you even have an angle here? And then today, Justin Fields goes on to COVID, so we're not even getting him. We're getting Foles, and uh, the Vikings. Both coaches are going to get fired. Uh, the, the Vikings might quit on Mike Zimmer after telling Mondo to the bus. Who knows what you're getting out of this game? Please, no. I have no no desire. For this. Todd. Bengals Browns. I, I obviously by the line, it seems like the Bengals are not going to be trying. Uh, and the Browns, who? What is this team? This Browns is they're confounding. This team, you know, Baker Mayfield. I don't. I didn't. I never liked Baker Mayfield, but now they're just like going the, the entire other way. Now he's like the worst quarterback of all time. He actually could be okay if he would stop throwing the ball to the other team. You know, he, 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 he's really not that bad if he would just stop the interceptions. They have a running game. Why are they not pounding the ball with Chubb? I don't understand this team. I don't want any part of that last ridiculous game. I'm going to agree with Frank. Bears, Vikings here. Um, meaningless game. Very disappointing for Minnesota. They thought there would be a playoff team this year. I know we talked to Paul Allen before the year. He said he'd be shocked if they didn't win 11 games. And they had, you know, all those games that came down to the final play early, and then the unvaccinated Cousins is out, and the season just they, they just got behind them. They were always behind the chains in terms of a season uh, for the Vikings. So I really want I want no part of it. I agree with Frank. I think they're both out. Uh, but what about Jackie Sherrill? I thought Jackie Sherrill recruited pretty well at Pitt. That was in our heyday. That was in our heyday before it all fell apart in the early 80s. In our heyday, we were serious, of course. But that was before the, you know, college football landscape changed, you know. That was when there, you know, I don't know if you ever watch these YouTubes. Sometimes I get stuck on YouTube. I'm looking, watching these 1977 Tony Dorsett against, uh, you know, uh, or against Notre Dame and Dan Marino against Syracuse. And I'm like, I remember that when I was 11. And it's like, it's a stick. But that was a, that was a different world. When it was really wasn't Jackie Sherrill the one that castrated the bull in front of his? Yes, but that was at A and M. 
Okay. Yeah, that was, <laughs> well, hey, okay. <laughs> hey, one of the all timers. One of the all time great stories. Like, hey, let's fire these kids up. Okay. Hey. And, you know, Pitt should have won another title with Jackie Sherrill. Of course, they won under Johnny Majors. Then Johnny Majors left and they had Jackie Sherrill. And Pitt was like number one a couple of those seasons and just couldn't get it done to win the national title, even with Marino. And we had a couple of times we already finished just barely, you know. Well, but they beat, they beat. Dooley and the Bulldogs in that Sugar Bowl. Remember with Marino, they beat Herschel Walker and Buck Ballou. To John Brown. Yeah. Buck of course. But that, that was, was but we weren't but we weren't playing for anything. No, because, because they lost, lost the, Penn the game. State. Yeah, yeah. They were eighth right. or we something like that. State. Yeah. But they yeah, were we, we we took the lead. That was I remember that was a huge game. Pitt Penn State. Pitt Penn State used to be like a serious thing. I it was like Auburn and uh, you know, Alabama. It was like a yeah. serious, serious rivalry. And uh, <laughs> you know, whatever. They, they called it the Ore Bowl, not the Iron Bowl, but the Ore Bowl. Uh yeah. All right, Frank, we want to thank you for joining us today. You've been a terrific guest uh, to the Megapod, and you are continue to be uh, for our show, Odds On, and as well as across the VEASAN landscape. So thank you for taking the time. It's a pleasure, guys. This was a ton of fun talking ball with you guys. Todd, nice th- meeting you, Frank. Yeah, Todd, thank you for all the help you've been to Gill through this very tough time and for and soldiering on and getting that, the Megapod done for all the trip trap teppers and the Raj bodies that really, you know, live only by vicariously through this megapod so we we, we, were, we, we were able to do it and, and we thank them and of course gil is in our thoughts and our prayers as well as his whole family as they lay his dad to rest today that's it for us week 18 of the nfl the beating the book megapod thank you frank schwab todd wishniff and mike palm wishing you all a great weekend At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.